you have your Bibles this morning, you open them to John's Gospel, chapter 15. I'll be reading from there and also from the uh, 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And I would invite you now to stand in honor of God's Word as I uh, read from John 15, beginning in verse 1, and then from Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 14. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Pursue peace with everyone and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, so that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and through it many become defiled. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, call me an incurable farm boy, but I really love this time of year. Uh, the greenery, the growing season, everything is so lush and so beautiful. Plants and flowers and crops, and uh, so very thankful uh, to live in this part of the world where we see such beautiful uh, seasons spring forth. Uh, it's, it's also particularly important to me, because of my background, to notice all of the agricultural horticultural images in the Bible, all the references to flowers and trees and vines and uh, all the references to roots and branches and leaves and flowers and fruit, all of those are important and all of those are very meaningful. Uh, we're starting a sermon series this morning uh, on the family and simply entitled The Family Garden. And we're looking at some of those scriptures that are so powerful to address issues of, of how our lives are like the trees or the vines. But we're also using a different lens by saying, as those scriptures not only apply to individuals, in what ways do those scriptures and those truths apply to families? However you define family, in whatever shape or form you may find it. This morning we're thinking particularly, as Brooke mentioned, about roots. Now, there are a lot of things that we could say about roots, but I want to just mention and remind you of about three things that we know about roots. 
one of the things that we know about roots is that they anchor the tree or the plant. Uh, on the screen there, you'll see a picture of the tree that is above ground. And then the way that the root system keeps that plant or that vine or that tree from blowing away. The second thing we know, obviously, about roots is that roots provide nutrition. They provide the water, the soil nutrients, so that the tree or the plant or the vine can thrive. But here's a third thing that we also know about roots. They are invisible most of the time. They are not seen by the naked eye but that makes them no less important. They are below the ground so that what you see above ground is determined by what you don't see underground. That's true in our lives, with our characters, our, our personalities. It's also true with our families that what we see visible to the eye above ground is nourished by something invisible below the surface spiritually. And so I want you to just kind of take a quick inventory of your family and think about, is your family anchored? Or does your family just sort of blow around like a bramble weed uh, at the latest wind or the latest fad or the latest thing? Is your family receiving deep spiritual nutrition? Does your family have values rooted in God's word and God's truth? Or do you just kind of pick up on the latest thing that comes by? And... Are you aware of the fact that we are all driven, individually and as families, we're all driven by unseen forces. We're all influenced by things we don't see in terms of what's really important in life. So let's think this morning about roots. Now one of the things that we have to understand if we're going to understand the 15th chapter of John's Gospel and Jesus' elaborate reference to Him being the vine, we're the branches bearing fruit, uh, implied everywhere the root system is important. One of the things we have to understand is uh, how ancient Israel viewed themselves. Ancient Israel saw herself as God's vineyard. In fact, above the entryway to the temple where the Jews worshipped in Jerusalem was an engraving of an elaborate grapevine with clusters of grapes, so that every time a Jew entered the temple, the Jew was reminded that they were to be God's vineyard, richly producing fruit. That was something that they valued very much. That image is used throughout the First Testament. But Israel failed. She failed to abide. She failed to take care of her root system. And Israel became just an overgrown patch of weeds. In fact, Isaiah the prophet in the fifth chapter of his prophecy said that Israel was no longer God's vineyard, overrun instead with a thicket of briars and, and thistles and weeds and, and not what God had intended. So you see, we begin to get an, a definition of success and a definition of failure. Because you see, Israel was a lot of things. She was very busy with religion, very busy with doing things, but not really in connection with God. And Jesus reminds us, you know, it's possible for a vine or a tree or a plant to have lots of suckers, to have lots of shoots, to have lots of growth, but it's unproductive growth. 
to have lots of biological activity, but it's unproductive activity. That's why Jesus said in verse 2, I will remove every branch in you that does not bear fruit. Every branch that does not bear fruit will be, will be pruned and cut back, and you will be cleansed by my word. Now apply that to your own life, the busyness of your life. Apply it to your family. And think about how God might be offering the family a hint of what real success is as a family, as a follower of Christ. Somehow in the United States, we have bought into this tragic notion that the busier we are, the happier we are. Somehow we have bought into this myth of family that says more is more, when in reality, Scripture teaches that less is more. Jesus says when it comes to growing, less is more. Prune back. Activity is not the same as being connected to God. Busyness is not the same as being in touch with spiritual roots. And ask yourself about your family schedule. And ask yourself, if you have the courage, is it all necessary? And what am I basing this busyness on? What are my values? What are my priorities? Where is my root system? Jesus makes it very clear that the spiritual life is not all about doing. It's about being abiding, staying put, staying connected to the roots. In verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide. There you have it. How do you abide? By receiving God's nutrition of love, by sharing God's nutrition of love, and by obeying God's word. Families taking time to connect with each other. Families taking time to connect with God and not letting the calendar tyrannize family life. David Elkind wrote a book several years ago. The, the title of the book was very provocative, The Hurried Child. Now, he wrote that several decades ago, and if he thought the child was hurried then, he hadn't seen anything yet. But in that book, he tells about visiting his son's preschool. He said he, uh, he was allowed to just be an observer, watching his little preschool son interact socially with some other friends. And you know how little boys like to do bragging matches. And uh, one little boy said to Elkind's uh, little boy, uh, one little boy said, uh, my daddy's a lawyer. He flies to Washington, and he talks to important people. The next little boy said, my daddy's rich. He owns his own company, and he's got his own airplane. And Elkind then heard his own little boy say, my daddy's here. There's something about presence. There's something about roots. There's something in Scripture that reminds us that before doing is being. That before fruits are roots. There's an order to life. There's a definition of success 
in Scripture that may not square with culture's definition of success. But if this image of vine and branches and roots can be helpful in redefining success, it can also be helpful to the family in dealing with stress and disappointment and tragedy and failure. I'm convinced that one of the things that has to happen in Christian homes, we must be able to provide our children and grandchildren the coping skills to deal with disappointment and failure and suffering and tragedy and things not going our way. You see, the root system exists going down deeply enough so that in any kind of weather, the tree or the vine can survive. So that whether it's drought, heavy wind, hail, whatever, whatever is happening in the weather, if the root system is deep enough and strong enough, that nourishment can continue with that secret source no matter what the weather is above ground. And the analogy holds that if individuals and families are going to learn to cope, we have to tap in to spiritual resources in Christ that are deeper than the weather that's blowing above ground. I want you to remember the context of John chapter 15. Jesus begins in these chapters his farewell discourse. In fact, if you have a study Bible, uh, you may see the heading at the top of the page, Jesus' farewell discourse. These words were shared right before Jesus' arrest, his mock trial, and his execution. Now what's amazing is that Jesus in verse 11 talks about joy. He says, these things about abiding... I share with you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, why would Jesus be talking about joy the night before he's murdered? It's interesting to note that Jesus only uses the word joy one time before this farewell discourse in John chapter 3. But now in this farewell discourse in chapters 15, 16, and 17, Jesus uses the word joy seven times. How can you talk about joy when you're getting ready to die at the hands of murderous, hateful people? It's because Jesus' root system went down deep into the love of God and the presence of God in his life. It's because he didn't get his value and his worth from what people said about him. There was this secret wealth of spiritual resource available to him because of his abiding in God's love. And that's the kind of abiding that families need to experience for the dark times. You don't grow those roots after the crisis comes. You have to have those roots beforehand. And God wants us to go down deep. Now, 
What's the alternative? Well, the alternative, if we don't have spiritual preparation for tragedy and difficulties, we sometimes grow bitter. You remember that second scripture I read to you from Hebrews chapter 12? The warning is not to fail the grace of God. When God's grace comes to you in a time of trial, don't, don't miss it. Otherwise, the warning was a root of bitterness springs up and by it many will be defiled. That is to say that tragedy will either make us better or, it's, or it will make us bitter. And when tragedy makes us bitter instead of better, the root system that we begin to grow infects and affects all the other people in the family. I was uh, reading the confession and the sort of the spiritual journal of a, a very faithful Christian. He's a, he's a great servant of the Lord. And in a moment of transparency, in a moment of real honesty, uh, this is what he said about his own spiritual failures, where he was right, now, right then spiritually. I want you to listen to what he said. He said, lately I've not been abiding. I've not been staying home in Jesus. He said, my heart keeps running away from its true dwelling place. My heart keeps running away from its true dwelling place to explore the strange lands of anger, resentment, lust, fear, and anguish. And then he reminds himself, living in Christ means bringing every part of myself home to where it belongs. Living in Christ means abiding bringing every part of my life home to God where it belongs and not wander off into the lands of bitterness and resentment and hate and lust and anger. You see the importance of roots in dealing with our struggles and disappointments in life. Some of us uh, last Monday afternoon were privileged to spend some time with Ulysses Pronin the Ukrainian pastor who has spoken here several times. He's back in the States visiting. And uh, you remember he's the pastor who was, uh, his life was threatened by the separatists during the Ukrainian civil war that still rages. Uh, his church was burned. It was completely gutted by fire. He and his family fled to the States for safety for a while. Now he's back in western Ukraine teaching at the seminary that we support and pastoring a new church start. And someone at the meeting Monday afternoon asked him his testimony. And I'd heard this before, but I'd forgotten. Ulysses said that his grandfather was a communist, his father was a communist, his mother was an unbeliever. And Ulysses said, during perestroika, a band of mission, uh, a, a mission trip, a band of people, came to visit Ukraine. And they were out on the street, street preaching. And he said, as we walked by them, my mother stopped and listened, and my mother repented and received Jesus Christ into her life. And he said, over time, through my mother's witness and faithfulness, my father became a believer My grandfather, who had been a communist all his life, 
became a believer. And Ulysses said, 20 years ago, I myself became a follower of Jesus Christ. And now Ulysses is preaching the gospel, training disciples, training other pastors, starting churches, teaching at the seminary, bearing witness to Christ. Think about all the ways that that family's life is bearing fruit. And the family changed because the roots changed. That's what it means to be in Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he talked about being in Christ. We don't do this ourselves. We don't forgive our own sins. We don't define success by the world's standards. We don't handle life's tragedies on our own. We are in Christ. And when you change the roots, you change the fruits. And the family changes. And life becomes different.